0: This is Techonomist by Benjamin Johnson, a place of technology news as well as thoughtful opinion and analysis about how tech companies and the products they build are changing the way we live. You can subscribe to my weekly email at techonomist.email or you can follow along right here on your favourite podcast app. Square is coming for PayPal and the banks. Venmo and Zelle have had a stranglehold on American P2P mobile payments, but Jack Dorsey's Square is making a serious challenge with its cash app. September 7th, 2020. Just Venmo me has become part of the common vernacular when dining or travelling with Americans over the past 10 years. In a market where people still send checks and sharing bank account numbers is not the social norm, the ability to send money to your friends for covering a dinner bill with just their mobile number has been enough for 52 million Americans to adopt Venmo accounts, with around 65% of those thought to be active regularly. The pandemic certainly hasn't done any harm to Venmo's growth either, as Americans use their account to cash in on their $1,200 stimulus check thanks to Venmo's direct deposit capability launching in April of this year. In Q2, $37 billion was processed through Venmo, up from $27 billion the year before. That's a lot of pizza and bar tabs being settled in the app. However, it didn't take long for the incumbent banks to catch on that PayPal was eating their lunch with Venmo. Their answer to that was Zelle, a bank-backed mobile payments product launched in 2017 to give customers a solution for faster P2P payments. Zelle is operated by early warning systems, a company owned by a collection of the largest American banks, including Bank of America, Capital One, JPMorgan Chase, Wells Fargo and others. Zelle quickly gained market share and proved to be trusted for bigger transaction sizes. A big USP for Zelle is that the service runs natively in many banking apps, meaning a Chase checking account customer doesn't need to download a separate app to benefit from Zelle's fast payments. Zelle is coy about its active user numbers, but it does publish payment volumes, which topped $133 billion in the first half of this year, around double of what was processed through Venmo in the same period. While banks can be late to the party, they should never be underestimated considering their access to a back book of customers. So the interesting new challenger in P2P payments is Square's Cash App. While launched in 2013, it's really the past couple of years that Cash App has become a serious threat to Venmo and Zelle. Comparing apples with apples is tough, as Square prefers to publish active users and revenue, whereas PayPal and early warning systems focuses on payment volumes. However, it is clear that Square is making ground and finding new ways to monetize their base. In Q2, Cash App grew to 30 million active users, with the majority of those in the United States. The app is also available in the UK. For context, back in February 2018, Square reported seven million active users of Cash App. If they maintain that trajectory, they will overtake Venmo for active users as early as next year. The appeal of the digital wallet and P2P payments market is the breadth of commercialization opportunities once you have a large user base. PayPal has been really patient in monetizing its Venmo users. The foundational use case of splitting dinner checks between friends doesn't really make PayPal money. However, instant transfers, debit cards, merchant acceptance, and providing credit certainly does, all of which PayPal have now activated within its Venmo ecosystem. Square hasn't been quite as patient in looking to derive income from Cash App. They launched a Visa debit card, enabling customers to spend stored funds to generate interchange revenue and increase utility of the account. Seven million customers now use the card. And in another classic FinTech move, think the likes of Revolut, Cash App provides investments and Bitcoin trading, the latter responsible for a ludicrous amount of revenue for Square, albeit at slim margins. Bitcoin, which makes up a staggering 73% of Cash App's revenue line and 45% of Square's entire company revenue, earned the business $875 million in Q2, as the Bitcoin price continued to attract punters looking for a quick buck with its price volatility. Interestingly though, the gross margin on Bitcoin activities is less than 2% for Square. Square's revenue spiked in Q2 on the back of an increased adoption of its cash app and associated subscription services. While in the same period, revenue from traditional products like merchant cash, or sorry, merchant card transactions dropped 17% year on year. Square's business is diversifying and Cash App is the key to that change. So, Bitcoin trading aside, Square still generated $325 million in revenue from April to June with Cash App through instant deposits, interchange fees and linked credit cards. Any financial product generating in excess of $1 billion annually is a great business, especially one with a gross profit margin in excess of 80% which Cash App has once you remove the Bitcoin statistical outlier. So is Square becoming a bank? So while PayPal will be watching closely and feeling anxious about the user growth and activity generated by Square's Cash App, should the US banks also be concerned? Well, yes and no. Square is beginning to build trust with its users to store funds in the Cash App account, with $1.7 billion held in balance at June 30. While that is child's play to the likes of Chase and Wells Fargo, Cash App's 86% quarterly growth suggests a change in user behavior. Some of that balanced growth could be attributed to the US government stimulus check, with many customers opting to have the funds deposited into their Cash App account instead of their main checking account. What will have also captured the attention of the banks was Square's recent announcement that it's launching a business bank in 2021. In March, Square was conditionally approved for an Industrial Loan Charter, or ILC, an application for deposit insurance in the state of Utah. In non-financial regulators speak, an ILC effectively allows a non-bank to carry out many of the activities reserved for, well, banks. DLA Piper, a law firm, describes the scope of ILCs as, and I quote, generally having authority to exercise many of the same powers as traditional banks, Regarding deposits, ILCs may offer savings accounts, certificates of deposit, and negotiate order of withdrawal accounts, but they cannot offer demand deposit accounts, i.e., checking accounts. They're also generally able to offer the same consumer and commercial lending products as traditional banks. End quote. Historically, the American banks have put pressure on states and the FDIC when they sought to issue new charters in an effort to protect community banks or remove competition from brands and fintechs. Right now, the language coming from Square suggests that their priority with the ILC application is business loans and deposits, rather than consumer banking, which would likely require the right to issue checking accounts. However, it's becoming a smaller leap for Square to provide a true consumer banking service. In the meantime, Square will continue to battle it out with PayPal to change the catchphrase from Venmo me to cash at me.